0: chapter twenty six of idols of the sea by frank thomas bullen this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter twenty six the tragical tale of the boomerang pig he was born under a baleful star i know because i was there at the time but at the outset of this veracious history to prevent probable misunderstanding allow me to assert that what follows in all its details is literally and absolutely true naturally deficient in imagination i would not attempt to embellish so curious a narrative as this which were i gifted beyond all literary romanticists i should only mar by adding fiction thereunto well then for the locus in quo a lumbering old yankee built ship of some two thousand tons burden bound from liverpool to bombay with coal and at the inauspicious opening of my subject's erratic career wallowing in the storm-torn sea off the cape of good hope his mother was a middle-aged lady pig with a bitter grievance against mankind in general and her present owners in particular brought on board during the vessel's stay in madras the previous year she had never forgotten or ceased to lament her native jungle nor had the long course of gentle treatment and good food modified by a single vengeful gasp her virulent hatred of all and sundry Insult was added to injury when, in Liverpool, she was mated with an alien spouse, the chubby, pink-flushed whiteness of whose skin made no greater contrast to her inky hue than did the calm placidity of his temper to her furious, unappeasable, and continual rage many tokens of her regard were scored deeply along his fat sides indeed but for the manifest impossibility of getting a fair bite at him it is only reasonable to suppose that she would have devoured him alive now it befell upon a certain evening when a bitter northeast gale was brewing under the lowering leaden sky, and the weird whistling of the coming tempest made melancholy music through the complaining shrouds, that an interesting event in her history drew near its fulfillment in anticipation of this occurrence our carpenter had rigged up a rude sort of fold under the topgallant forecastle and within its narrow limits she was ranging tiger-like champing her foam-flecked jaws and occasionally tobogganing from side to side in various unhappy attitudes as the ship tumbled every way in the bewildered sea WHEN THE WATCH TO WHICH I, A SMALL URCHIN OF FOURTEEN, BELONGED, CAME ON DECK AT MIDNIGHT, I WAS IMMEDIATELY TOLD OFF BY MY INVETERATE FOE, THE SECOND MATE, TO ATTEND TO THE REQUIREMENTS OF THE LADY IN THE STRAW. INVERTED COMMAS ARE NECESSARY, BECAUSE THE STRAW DID NOT EXIST, NOR ANY SUBSTITUTE FOR IT, NOTHING BUT THE BARE DECK, POLISHED TO A GLOSSY SLIPPERINESS BY THE INCESSANT FRICTION OF THE sliding SOW there was a fresh hand at the bellows before we had been on deck many minutes and all the watch were soon perched aloft struggling short-handedly with the acreage of thundering canvas while the ship plunged so violently that i could only remain under the forecastle by clinging bat-like to the side of the pen that confined the miserable mother elect during that vigil of terror and darkness for i had only one of those ancient teapot-shaped lamps that yield more smoking stench than light eleven wretched parti-coloured morsels of pork came into being the advent of each one exacerbating the feelings of the already frantic parent to such a degree that she became a veritable fury and to my terrified eyes seemed to dilate with potentialities of destruction out of the whole family i succeeded at the imminent risk of my own life in saving two from the jaws of their maniacal mother and one of those sagaciously succumbed before eight bells i received small thanks for my pains and narrowly escaped a colting at my tyrant's hands who saw his visions of abundant sucking pig rudely dispelled by what he was pleased to call my damn pig-headed foolishness it boots not now to tell of the wealth of ingenuity i lavished upon that ill-starred piglet to whom i stood perforce in loco parentis how i must needs lasso the snorting shrieking mother and having entangled her legs fore and aft drag her to the side of the pen and lash her securely down while i held my protege to one streaming teat after another enough that the care of that solitary remnant of a family embittered my days and rendered my nights sleepless interregnums of weariness unto all things their appointed end saith the sage and so at last i was freed from this porcine incubus by my charge having grown able and wily enough to dodge his unnatural parent and snatch his sustenance from her in a variety of ingenious ways but still he might not trust himself to sleep near her and so he discovered a nest beneath the heel of the bowsprit whereby her insatiable desire for his destruction was completely frustrated since she could by no possible artifice get at him after a while it was noticed that as for some hidden reason he had come to be called invariably wore at the end of his tail a crimson ornament which upon closer examination was found to be where something amused itself or themselves by nibbling during the night the carpenter who was always called upon to repair everything on board ship except ropes and sails turned to and bound up the lessening terminal with a piece of tarred canvas and plentifully besmeared the outside of the bandage with tar also and this he did many days because tar and dressing and a little more of susti had always disappeared in the morning so the outrage continued, and the tale became more and more abbreviated, until it was entirely non est, and the Midnight Marauders had actually excavated a socket in the corpus delicti nearly half an inch deep. By this time we had reached Bombay, and were busy, with the aid of a swarming host of coolies, in getting rid of our grimy cargo but someone found time to suggest that a place of safety for Susti should be found during the night, fearing that unless something was soon done, we should seek him one morning and find only a disembodied squeal. Consequently, Susti was captured every evening, and protesting discordantly, was confined in a coal-basket which was carefully enclosed in the after-hatch house. The plan succeeded admirably, so far that the diminution in our stock of pork ceased. But one morning, when the afterhold was empty, the hatch house was lifted off as usual and placed by the side of the gaping hatchway, its door open, and Susti lying forgotten in his blanket. All hands went to breakfast, while the coolies below, as was their wont, stopped work and squatting in the afterhold held a conversazione in the middle of our meal there was a hideous uproar and an eruption of the heathen from all the hatchways greenish-grey with fright and swarming madly in every possible direction overboard aloft anywhere when at last we were able to elicit from the demented crowd the reason for their panic we learned that as they were all toiling strenuously to prepare the coal for a renewal of our operations down into their midst came flying a demon of Jehanum in the guise of a gigantic pig with vast bat-like wings and eyes of the bigness of a man's fist, glaring like red-hot coals what wonder that they had fled Hindu and mussulman alike at the sight of their abomination in such an avatar of dread hurtling down upon their shaven crowns the story sent us all seeking below little dreaming that the luckless susti was to blame presently we found him lying by the side of the keelson badly hurt but cheerful as ever and with that indomitable pluck that had endeared him to us all he not only survived but made a complete recovery within a week now however his rotund body had taken a curve by reason of which he always appeared to be in the act of reaching around to look for the tail that had been this peculiar bent of his figure had the strangest results whenever he took exercise wherever his goal might be and in spite of his most energetic efforts to reach it he only succeeded in describing what i am obliged to call a lateral parabola along which he would eventually arrive at some unforeseen spot near his starting point nor were the coefficients of his curves at all regular sometimes owing to the energetic efforts he made to counteract this inevitable curvilinear bias a series of maxima and minima were produced which when traced upon the deck afforded some very interesting problems in the parallelograms of forces but i regret to record that the principal result of his errata was a decided increase in the local consumption of scotch whisky for our jovial skipper became so inordinately vain of his boomerang pig that he issued invitations to his fellow-captains in the harbour in quite a reckless fashion to come and see what an unprecedented curio he had gotten they came multitudinously came to scoff but remained to grow purple with laughter and lose all their loose change in bets upon the probable points of arrival made by Susti in his gyratory gallops after sweet biscuits and they returned to their several ships in a charming variety of unconventional attitudes vocal but not harmonious at irregular intervals during the night meanwhile Susti, pampered beyond even swinish dreams of avarice waxed fat and almost uncontrollable joie de vivre filled him from end to end from snout to socket it seized him suddenly at all sorts of times causing him to squeal hysterically waggle his incipient hams momentarily and then launch himself into space along the line of some marvellously complicated curve terminating in the most unexpected places. As long as Europeans were about him he was safe, except for an occasional belabouring when he chanced to upset some luckless passerby. But we were ordered round the coast to Coconada in Ballast, and, to expedite our loading there, took a number of coolies with us. On the day of our arrival, and shortly after anchoring, all hands were seated peacefully at dinner on the forecastle head below on the shady side of the forward house the Bundari had prepared the coolies meal an immense flat dish of rice piled into a cone with a number of tiny wells of curry round the rim and a large reservoir of the same fiery compound at the apex in a sort of crater around this the placid hindus crouched on their hams in orthodox fashion and each right hand had just begun to manipulate a bolus of curry moistened rice for conveyance to the expectant mouths when with a meteoric rush susti came round the corner of the house in a grand ellipse and landed in the centre of the rice pan this was too much for even those mild coolies with yells and imprecations, they sprang for hand-spikes, belaying pins, and rushed upon the unclean beast, perfectly mad with rage our big retriever who hated all black men impartially and was therefore rigidly limited to the poop as a rule saw the melee and judging doubtless that it was high time for his interference came flying from his eminence all shining teeth and savage snarl into the centre of the struggling mass for a brief moment nothing could be clearly distinguished then suddenly there was a break-up and a stampede every coolie sprang overboard like the demon-possessed swine of gadara leaving neptune sadly sniffing at the lifeless body of susti which lay embedded in a heap of the befouled and scattered rice End of chapter twenty six